Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wine and Chills Paranormal Podcast. I we are your hosts. I'm Amanda, and I'm Emily. <laughs> Could you hear me that time? I did. Yeah, you have so <laughs> many technical difficulties getting this recorded tonight. I'm going to be throwing in some bloopers at the end, maybe depending <laughs> on what they maybe like in the blue. We can hear each other. That would be funny too. I won't know until I go take a listen <laughs> when I'm editing. But <laughs> that was good. That was good. That was a welcome back. It's been a month. Yes. Legitimately. <laughs> this week, we are bringing you our Valentine version of Paranormal. Oh, yes. Love is in the air. Love is in the air, love is in the paranormal, and love is in the ghosts. So I'm ready for this. I'm totally ready for this. What are you drinking tonight, Em? Well, I decided to go with one of our uh, moonshines that we got from Old Smoky. So I Mm -hmm. did coffee, and I put the coffee moonshine in. Yes. Oh, that's so good. So good. What are you drinking? I am drinking Bishop Cider Pecan Pie. Oh, that sounds fantastic. It's very yummy. I like it. Jesse doesn't like it, which is okay. Because that means it's more for me. (laughs) You're like, yes. I was like, let me know what else she don't like. So I'll buy more of that. Exactly. Because then I get to drink it all. Not him. (laughs) So I have a slight lisp. I didn't say lisp. Sure, you can hear it. I got um, <laughs> I got Invisalign braces, so oh fun! I am talking with a lisp right now. No judgments needed. Only judging in my head. Oh, thanks. Not out loud. <laughs> yeah, just not allowed. Uh, I'll spare you. Funny. That is funny. What? To get started tonight, I think we agreed I would start tonight. Correct? Yes. Right, to get started tonight, I'm going to be sharing a few short tales for some tragic lovers in honor of Valentine's Day. Um, I got most of these stories from travelchannel.com. So oh. I will begin. Ever felt a little too hung up on an ex? Cheer up, because chances are you don't have it quite as bad as these unlucky lovers. That is, unless you are planning on spending the rest of your life and death sitting in a rocking chair waiting for your love to return from sea or stuck in your bedroom sobbing for all eternity. Hey, that rhymed. (laughs) America's most tragic lovesick ghosts. We're going to start off with Longfellow's Wayside Inn. Joshua. (laughs) It's literally spelled (laughs) J-E-R-S-H-U-A. Wouldn't you love to have that name? Jershula Howe is said to still haunt the Massachusetts Inn that and worked in. She fell in love with the British man who promised to return to America to marry her, but she died a single woman. She had patiently waited for 44 years. She enjoys teasing the guests of the inn while she continues to wait for her long loss. Next, we have Governor's Mansion. In 1864, a 19-year-old boy shot himself in the head in the bedroom of the governor's mansion. The woman he loved had refused to... For years, no one would sleep in the room because of the unexplained... And the room was sealed off sometime after the Civil War. 
1925, the boys' bedroom was opened up again, and people still report hearing muffled sobs coming from the room. Let's have, I've got a couple of these. They're all yeah. like super short stories. Um, next, oh, we have Henderson State University. A young boy from what was once a Methodist college fell in love with a girl from the nearby Baptist University. Oh no, we've got religious Romeo and Juliet here. <laughs> convinced the boy to stop seeing the girl of different religions, and he asked someone else to the homecoming dance. When his <gasps> love found out that he was taking someone else, she was so distraught that she committed suicide. Friends called her the Black Lady, and every year during homecoming, she wanders the halls of the women's dorm at Henderson State University looking for the girl who stole her love. Oh, revenge. <laughs> All right. We have Santa Clara House. A young married woman had an affair with a traveling salesman from San Francisco. When she found out she was pregnant with his child, she hung herself in the attic. The former Victorian home is now a restaurant, and the customers have seen her wandering bathroom, staring out the window, waiting for her lover to come back to her. I feel like there's a little strong reaction to finding out you're pregnant. Just there. Just gonna say. <laughs> Next, we have Chad. The lady in white is said to wander along a path leading to the Rappanak River. I don't think that says. Searching for her soulmate, her father, an Englishman, brought her to the Chatham House in a desperate attempt to destroy her romance with a commoner. Her lover followed her to America, and the two planned to run away together. Their plans were discovered, the boy was arrested, and the girl quickly taken back to England. The girl vowed to return to Chatham Manor to find the boy she loved. She was first seen wandering the path June 21st, 1790, the day she died, and is rumored to return every seven years on the anniversary of her death. Dang. Now this one, called Emily's Bridge. Oh, yes. <laughs> My bridge. Legend has it that a girl named Emily was in love with the boy her parents didn't approve of. They arranged to meet at the Goldbrook Bridge to run away together. When he didn't show up, she took the rope that she had used to tie together her sack of belongings and hung herself from the bridge. People have reported hearing banging, footsteps, a girl screaming, and ropes tightening. Man, boy's not worth it, girl. No, no, not at all, girl. <laughs> Go find yeah. you another one. I feel like people yeah. back there were so just drama. They were like, this man doesn't love me. I'm going to go hang myself off of the balcony now. Was like a little dramatic. All right. I've got three more for you. Casablanca yeah. Inn. A widowed innkeeper fell in love with a rum runner during Prohibition who made his living smuggling alcohol to the U.S. on his boat. The innkeeper would keep watch on her roof, signaling with the lantern if it was not safe to come in from sea. Federal agents patrolling and waved her lantern to warn her lover. She never saw him again. People still report seeing a woman standing on the roof waving a light back and forth. Aww. Don Cesar Hotel I was studying in Europe when he fell in love with a woman named Lucinda. Lucinda. Lucinda's parents <laughs> didn't approve of their relationship and forbid them to see each other. 
Roe eventually returned to America and one day received a letter from Lucinda. On her deathbed, she had written, Time is infinite. I wait for you by our fountain. To share our timeless love, our destiny is time. When Roe built the Don Cesar Hotel, he included a replica of their fountain. The lovers have been seen spotted holding hands and strolling by on many occasions. Hmm. And my last one, 1790 Inn and Restaurant. A servant girl named Anna fell in love with a sailor while working at the inn. When he left, she couldn't stand the sight of a ship and threw herself into the brick courtyard. Guests have spotted the broken-hearted Anna rocking in chairs, opening windows, and walking up and down the stairs, waiting for her sailor to return. Oh, I'm telling you, these yes. people were so dramatic. I know. Back then. I was like, just wait a week or so. Wait for him to come back. <laughs> There's no other man in the world for me. I will never love him. Yeah. Like, that's not how this works, yo. No, there's plenty of fish in the sea. Literally, he went Literally. to sea. <laughs> he went to sea, yo. Oh, my gosh. So, in honor of Valentine's Day, those were my tragic, sad, ghostly love stories. Oh, they were tragic. That was for sure. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay. So, on mine, I decided to do the Valentine's Day Massacre. And I got this story from the Windy City Ghost. All right. I'm ready. All right. So, the site of the massacre seems like any other piece of land. You will walk past the 2100 block on North Clark Street. You will find a vacant lot in between an apartment building and a retirement center. You will notice there are many trees over this lot, and as you would suspect, cars. This seems like any other place in Lincoln Park. However, that is unless you know the actual history. So roughly about 80 years ago, the site is home to one of the bloodiest moments in Chicago history. The St. Valentine's Day Massacre happened here. It was very gruesome and bloody, and it was a scene not for the faint of heart. At the time of the massacre, there was a warehouse in this location. This massacre occurred in 1929, around 10.30 a.m. on Valentine's Day. This was the murder of associates and members of the Northside Gang. Seven members and associates were brutally murdered at the time. It is said that the men who had worked for Al Capone the members were rounded up in Lincoln Park Garage on this fateful day. After the men were rounded up, they were forced to line up on the wall of the warehouse. They were then shot by some individuals who were dressed as police officers and businessmen, the seven men that were killed with 70 rounds of ammo on that fateful day. As the history would tell us, the intended target of the shooting was the rival gang leader. This man was known as George Bugs Moran, even though he was the attendant target, he escaped without being unharmed. Okay. Bugs had actually arrived late for the meeting with his lieutenant. When they arrived, he had seen the phony police officers getting out of a parked car. Bugs decided to avoid being entangled in the law enforcement, so he went to a nearby coffee shop. They had missed the whole massacre in the aftermath. It was said that one of the lookouts for Capone had mistaken one of the lieutenants as the leader himself. This was because he was wearing the same color hat and coat. 
It was said that the meeting was to lure George Bugs Moran, or Moran by telling him that there was a shipment of illegal booze for him. However, it was Capone's men who were busted. So, 20 years after the brutal murder in 1949, in front of the hall of this garage was converted. It was now used for business. This was an antique furniture shop, and the people who started this business did not know what had happened there because they were new to the area. The business was not very successful because the tourists had come up to the shop because they knew from the town people they knew of the history. A few years later, the building was torn down. This happened in 1967. However, the wall where the shooting occurred, integrated into the wall, wait, hold on, occurred, but was integrated into the wall of the men's restroom at the nightclub. Some of the bricks were smuggled by those who were tearing down the building. Today, there's a fenced lawn that belongs to a nursing home. This was built where the garage had once been. There's also five trees planted in the same site. The large tree located in the middle of the yard is a marker to indicate where the brick wall had once stood. So the two of these killers were disguised as police officers, while the men and while other men had wore business suits. After the shootings, there were policemen who were holding those who had shot the people at gunpoint. This is how they had made their getaway. This is why many people believe that the police had executed the men that day. There were two men that had survived. One was named Frank Gutzenberg. He had died at the hospital after he had told the police that no one had shot him. It was three hours after the police questioned him that he had passed away. Another man named Highball was not hurt. However, neither man would talk. Al Capone, com yeah, Al Capone claimed that he was nowhere near the incident at the time. He claimed that he was in Florida at his home. The investigation was extensive and exhausting. However, despite all the investigations and searching, no one was ever convicted or tried for the murders of who had died. Hmm. Even though no one was arrested for the murders, Capone did get away, did not get away completely. The police and the public were alarmed by the increasing numbers of mob-related crimes that had been happening. In that year alone, 64 murders were related to the mobs. It was that year that the law enforcement was put under pressure to end the violence. Capone was labeled the largest target threat and became a target. He was investigated in multiple federal investigations, and it was these investigations that led to his arrest. When Capone was arrested, he served most of his time in Alcatraz, and then he was released in 1939 and died eight years after he was released. Now for the paranormal, the location where the masks and the brutal killings took place is said to be extremely haunted. It has been haunted for years. The bricks that were taken are said to bring people bad luck. It was also said that Capone has seen the entity and uh, haunted by the entity who were shot and killed at the massacre. The location hmm. where the killings took place is said to be haunted. The people have reported unusual mist and lights. People can hear men's voices when no one is in sight or you can hear them around the area. You can hear screaming from men and machine guns firing. People who are sensitive and stand in front of the fence may sense a real sense of fear. Even these people that walk by the area, they may not notice a real sense of panic and fear. Animals have also been reported to fear this area as well. The hmm. bricks that the men had lined up on are said to bring people bad luck. It is said that the killings had caused the bricks to soak in the negative energy that was pretty powerful. It was 
said that when the nightclub had shut down, the bricks were sold for $1,000 a piece. However, many of the bricks have been given back because the owner suffered really bad luck. Hmm. Other people say that the bricks were sold together in a box. And it said that box was numbered and there was a diagram telling people how to reassemble the wall. This was hoped that the sing that single person would purchase this. However, it was never sold. And it is said that Moran's brother-in-law's entity has started haunting Capone immediately after the killings. Capone had tried to send his entity to the other side by using a medium in the year 1931. However, it did not work. The entity is said to be James Clark, one of the men killed in the shooting. Even after Capone was released from prison, he was haunted by this entity until the day he died. Hmm. And that is the end of the Valentine's Day Massacre. Interesting. I could totally see that um, those bricks would bring bad luck because a lot of bad juju went into that. Oh, yeah. Kind of reminds me of Hawaii. Don't take the rocks from Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And you don't take the bricks from being murdered. <laughs> the the bricks of a murder site. That's not, yeah. mm, not a smart thing to do. No, no. Not at all. Well, that was our that was our happy Valentine's Day podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, happy indeed. Valentine's <laughs> Day. We are so grateful to everyone that still listens to us. <laughs> yes. Even though we haven't posted in a month, even though we said we were going to, we lied. We're trying to get better, but life just seems like it is just crazy. Yes. So basically, we kind of ghosted you. <laughs> dum dum. <laughs> but now we're back. <laughs> yes listener story so please 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 send over your listener stories wine and chills paranormal and and is spelt out a and d you can also follow us on all of our social media that we are starting to post more on <laughs> yes yes we somewhat kept it updated ish <laughs> that is wine chills paranormal correct and yes for both our instagram and tiktok and um subscribe to us leave reviews reviews help us as well bump up there leave reviews subscribe you know have some fun we did hit over 500 listens yay i forgot mm -hmm. did hit over 500 listens i'm very 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 excited oh yes and hopefully when we get back on our regular schedule we'll get more <laughs> special for it Yep. that needs to happen yes what it will be i have no idea but i feel like when we hit a thousand listens we're gonna have to do something special yes all right everyone well that is it for this week's episode we thank you so much for listening and hope you stay spooky friends yes and listen for the bloopers at the end because i'm gonna try to put them in there. oh god <laughs> Yes. Okay. Right. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wine and Chills Paranormal Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Amanda. Oh, did I lose you? Can you hear me?
I think I lost you. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> I, and I'm Emily. Just <laughs> waiting over here, like, where's she going? I've been like, I was here, I swear. I, I ghosted oh. you. That was a big ghost me. That was pretty good. I should have kept that. Be like, well, she ghosted me. Let's try this again. <laughs> oh, that would have been good. All right. We're going to try this again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wine and Chills Paranormal Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Amanda. Why? <laughs> you're ghosting me oh shit <laughs>